Oh, Magic Conch Shell, what do we need to do to get out of the kelp forest? Nothing. The shell has spoken! Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. My name is Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the third season of SpongeBob SquarePants. I apologize about the delay of this episode, but my voice has been teetering on being functional and unfunctional over the last few days, so it's been really tough trying to push through this and find the time to record, but here I am. Um, the best voice I can muster this week, and we'll see how uh, this week Nickelodeon goes tomorrow. But today's episode that we are covering is Season 3's Club Spongebob, the first half of the 42nd episode of Spongebob Squarepants, an episode that actually premiered four months earlier on DVD and VHS on March, tw March 12th, 2002, before its um, U.S. premiere on July 12th, 2002. If you owned the Sponge Buddies or Nautical Nonsense VHS or DVD combo of the two, then you actually had Club Spongebob months before anyone else did, which is pretty cool to have access to some of these references months before everyone else. But this episode was written by Walt Dorn and Mark O'Hare. Walt Dorn, this is actually his final episode working on Spongebob Squarepants. He has been a writer throughout season two and director through season two all the way through season three. And we should take the time to just recognize him and his contributions overall to SpongeBob because he has uh, had writing credits all the way from the first episode of season two, Your Shoes Untied, all the way here to Club SpongeBob. And, and what an eclectic group of episodes I see under his name. You have Imitation Crabs, Wormy, Christmas Who, Squirrel Jokes, Welcome to the Chum Bucket, Frankendoodle, The Secret Box, these massively popular episodes at least somewhat coming from the mind of Walt Doran. So, Walt, uh, I appreciate your contributions to the SpongeBob SquarePants world. The episodes you've worked on are, are some of the greatest of all time and will be remembered for generations to come. So so thank you for all of the work that you did on this show. Uh, and what a what a swan song to go out on with, with Club SpongeBob. It's one of my favorites of this season uh, and and possibly yours too. I, this is this is one that's up there for a lot of people. Uh, beyond the writers, we have our storyboard artists, Carson Colger, William Reese, and Eric Reese. Their storyboard directors are Walt Dorn and Mark O'Hare. Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom, and our creative director is Derek Dryman. Now, for as simple as this premise is of SpongeBob and Patrick starting a club that Squidward initially is not allowed into, quickly delves into one of the more wackier episodes to to deal with this uh, conflict of P Spongebob, Patrick, and Squidward. Um, it's not just a story that is self-contained to Con Street and takes this dynamic of Spongebob, Patrick, and Squidward and sets it off all the way into the deep, deep reaches of the Kelp Forest. Now, before we get to the Kelp Forest, we got to start at the beginning, which shows Squidward leaving his house, going to work, and getting mocked by Spongebob and Patrick from their clubhouse, their treehouse built next to, built on top of the tree right next to Patrick's Rock, a tree that we have never seen before and haven't seen since. It's just one of those story devices that exists for this story. But it's actually really funny to see this massive tree right next to Patrick's house that we've never seen before. And on top of this tree is this tiny little clubhouse, seemingly big enough that only SpongeBob and Patrick can fit in. And they're looking through the one entry point of this clubhouse, which is... I don't know, the size of like a shoebox, like the the width of a shoebox 
A shoebox could probably fit right into that hole. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, but they're looking out of it, and they're just mocking Squidward using their own little dialect. What's really funny is um, we've actually seen SpongeBob before build smaller buildings, like have the ability to construct, but ends up building them smaller than what he probably meant to intentionally. If you remember the episode Home Sweet Pineapple from season one, in which SpongeBob and Patrick are rebuilding his home, at the end of their build, they ended up building a pineapple that was only really big enough to cover SpongeBob's head. So the fact that they have this this treehouse built that is too small kind of fits in line with their abilities in construction. But beyond their their construction here, um, they're they're mocking Squidward with this made up language that they're using. Um, I it's just replacing the beginning of every word with like a W-U. So um, when SpongeBob says Widward is woeing to work, they're just they're just having fun. They're mocking him. They're just you know stuck in this treehouse. Apparently, Squidward at this point is his own worst enemy because if he just would continue on with his day, go to work, stop messing with SpongeBob and Patrick, he would stop getting the pie in the face, which ultimately is some of the funniest comedy we can get from SpongeBob SquarePants when Squidward self inflicts a, a pie in the face type moment like he did it to himself um he starts inquiring about what they're doing they mention that they have a club and that they that squidward can't fit in he just can't get in the club now this enrages squidward which is like the point where i'm like squidward just go to work just turn around and go to work you don't you don't like these guys apparently you don't want to be in their club just go to work but no squidward does not like being told that he can't fit in the club and decides to climb the tree and force himself into the tiny hole of the treehouse, which, like I said, is just, it's funny that they they have no door, they have no, like, proper window, it's the tiniest of holes. Did they build, I wonder if this is a Drake and Josh type situation where they were building the inside and then got to that point and then forgot to make the hole bigger. According to them, they have been stuck in the clubhouse, which the whole joke of not being able to fit in legitimately was on the size of the treehouse itself. Once Squidward gets inside of the treehouse, it's pretty packed. They're they're pretty much like shoulder to shoulder inside of this tiny little treehouse. And uh, according to SpongeBob, they've been stuck up there for three days, which is crazy to me that, A, SpongeBob might have three days off from the Krusty Krab because if he was supposed to be working for those days, I mean, Mr. Krabs would be putting out a, a, an APB to find SpongeBob. I mean, his, his number one fry cook goes missing what's going on you would be he would be freaking out but i like it's it's just a little joke but to just think of the outer world like i may I, maybe spongebob is on a, on a week vacation and decided to build this treehouse during that vacation and just happens to be stuck therefore mr krabs wouldn't freak out there there is some easy explanations to this but it's still still kind of funny to think that that three days could go by without being at the Krusty Krab, that Mr. Krabs would even allow that. Like, like a vacation for him probably is a day off. Like, if you went and asked for a vacation, he would just say, all right, well, you can have tomorrow off, and I'll see you the next day. There's your vacation. Uh, but but now the three of them are stuck in this treehouse. Squidward is having none of this and decides to pull on a vine from the tree. Because as as mentioned, this tree is not a, it's not a tree you would see above ground. It's an underwater tree. Air quotes there. But there's a vine that Squidward is pulling himself on, which is pulling the entire treehouse down. And you can see where this is going from a mile away. It's turning into a massive catapult. 
which jettisons the entire treehouse out of the tree. Once Squidward gets to, it's funny, right when they get to the ground and he's able to step out is right when the catapult decides to give, when the when the vine gives, and then the entire treehouse is skyrocketed. This thing is sent jettisoning across the sky. To, to some people in the kelp forest, it actually looks like a, a shooting star. Uh, we get a little gag about that. But the treehouse lands in this deep clearing all the way into the kelp forest. The most we're seeing of the kelp forest, which um, for you know fans of Battle for Bikini Bottom would know, is, is one of the more difficult levels in the game. Uh, thank goodness the rehydrated version um, made that level a bit more bearable to get through. Uh, wonderful music, and, and I love the atmosphere, and I love the idea of the kelp forest, but certainly one of the more, like, um, hair-pulling moments of the game, if if there was one. But they are put into this clearing in the middle of the woods, and they're, they're lost. I mean, we are shown how deep this goes, and they're not, as far as we can tell, anywhere close to the edge of the kelp forest. This is deep in it, and they have to survive. And honestly, a lot of this episode reminded me of Survivor Man and my love for that show. If you've never watched Survivor Man... The show stars uh, the Survivor man, Les Stroud, and his uh, abilities to go out into very different extreme situations. Um, He usually puts himself out there in a realistic type setting with what he would have if somebody were to get lost or stranded out in this area. Um, And with himself and a single camera, or maybe two, um, it's just him surviving out there for usually a set amount of time. But there have been a few episodes where he's had to rightfully call it quits he does have a satellite phone on him obviously making a show like this in case things do get to a serious situation he can call in for an emergency but i i haven't seen him do that really often um and it's certainly impressive the kind of skills you learn from a show like that that hopefully if you do find yourself in a situation stranded on an island or in the forest or out in the in the desert you can learn some of these quick survival techniques, one of which being sometimes that you you shouldn't just run, you know, if you're in a situation like this deep in the woods, you you shouldn't just run away, that sometimes bunkering down, staying put for an extended period of time is the best course of action before then making the play to, all right, pack up, you know, a certain what, what you can around you, get what you can, and then trek out. Uh, in a smart way, not just like heading off randomly. The whole uh, staying put part of this, like a, a lot of what I just said is actually what ends up happening in the episode because while Squidward is is freaking out, rightfully so, being lost in the woods, not really knowing what to do, SpongeBob and Patrick have their saving grace and we are introduced for the very first time, the magic conch shell. A, uh, a magic conch shell that was... Um, fairly helpful through the second season of the show, helping to promote all of the various ways to to be a part of this show and to, you know, our Twitter account, Instagram, all those all those things that are are usually now going to be in the description of the podcast um, instead of just, you know, playing the same commercial over again. That was fun making that. And it really came from watching this episode on a night of painting, hearing the magic conch shell and you know, just thinking eh, that would be a fun little little spot and whatnot. Um, I I thought it was a pretty good spot. What do you say, Magic Con Shell? I don't think so. Yeah, can't make everybody happy. Um, but the Magic Con Shell is there for SpongeBob and Patrick. It is the this this seemingly plastic pull toy, 
of a of a conch shell that when you know pulled it is pretty much an audio version of a magic eight ball which if you don't know what that is um it is a if if you know billiards or a, a, you know the game billiards billiard balls pool um the eight ball the magic eight ball is like a bigger version of a of a an eight pool ball and on one side it's got a big eight it's it's this big black ball and on the other side there's a little window and inside of that window there's like an eight-sided die or a six-sided die with various um, things it could say like yes no ask again maybe and the whole point of the magic eight ball is that you would shake it ask a question that could be answered by a you know yes or no and the magic eight ball would tell you your answer now it's a completely random arbitrary little toy that has um, garnered a, a, a decent fan base and has lasted a significant amount of time on store shelves. It's it's just a novelty item that people know of. Um, the Magic Conch Shell, it seems to be like that, audio only, but also in some ways seems to be sentient, which makes me believe that, that some tiny creature is living inside of that conch shell and just answering what they feel like. Like, whoever is obeying the conch shell, they're just dictating what to do. It it almost seems like that, because some of the answers are definitely uh, a bit, like, in that moment type thing. Like, there's no way this is pre-recorded. But um, SpongeBob and Patrick have this shell that essentially tells them that the best course of action at this point is to do nothing. Which, when I heard that, I immediately thought of Survivor Man. I was like, you know what? That's that's not the worst idea. I mean, not to do nothing, not to literally sit there and do nothing. But, you know, even if you are moving and, and, and trying to find your way out at some point throughout the day, it, it is smart to put yourself in a safe situation, um, you know, because if it gets dark and you, then you're not prepared, you're then putting yourself at, a, at an even higher risk of something happening um, or just you not being able to fully take care of yourself in the dark, lost in the woods. Um, so it wasn't like, depending on the time of day, it wasn't the, the worst idea ever to, to do nothing. And it, it, it worked out in the end, but Squidward doesn't really believe in the magic con shell and routinely mocks it and its effects on SpongeBob and Patrick throughout this entire episode. Um, the Squidward is, is rightfully skeptical on this shell and decides, well, you guys can do nothing. I'm going to go try to find myself through the woods. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, it goes from Squidward walking to instantly it becoming darker and Squidward running. It's a sequence that um, it reminded me of Alice in Wonderland at some point, like when uh, and Winnie the Pooh, which is weird. There's a specific Winnie the Pooh short in which they get lost in the woods and rabbit like kind of a similar situation like I'm not staying here I'm I'm going home goes out in the woods gets spooked gets freaked out and then eventually makes his way back and then there's also a point in Alice in Wonderland in which like Wonderland at some point while well, you know later in the movie starts becoming like really darker and creepier I started really getting those vibes watching the sequence again right when it, you know it just gets darker squidward's freaked out he's running he's hearing all these these weird noises seemingly running in circles because he ends up finding a light at the end of a tunnel which ends up just being the same clearing that spongebob patrick and him landed in 
So this entire time that he left and was running and seemingly it got darker and he just went in a massive circle and made himself right back to, to the uh, point one, which is the worst thing because now Squidward exuded all of that energy all of that time and it was a waste. Um, he still does not want to engage with SpongeBob and Patrick and, and doing nothing. But to Squidward's credit, this man is a survivor man himself because Squidward got himself his own little tent. He built a little fenced-in area for protection. He has a fire going. He has... Then eventually finds food, even though it's a tiny bug, but still, Squidward is out here surviving in the wilderness. He looks disheveled, unshaven. He's definitely been out there for days. SpongeBob and Patrick, on the other hand, as fresh as they were on, on the first day. Um, Sponge, uh, they're just staring off into space. When they were told by the conch shell to do nothing, they took it literally. Squidward still brings the food he's cooking and, and brings it over to them, mocking them, plainly saying that he's out of the club. He has his own club. Um, and, and he wants them to come over. He's inviting them to come over to his club, but in, in the most mocking, condescending tone ever, because they trust this plastic toy, which in fact happened to be right in its do-nothing prediction. Although, I don't know if the, the amount of days really matter, but or if it's just this massive coincidence, but a, uh, a picnic supply company plane is falling out of the sky right after Squidward proclaims that their problems are not just going to fall out of the sky. The joke being that literally all of their problems are solved because this picnic supply plane decides to drop its full load of supplies right over the clearing, I guess to try to, to you know, the, the plane's going to crash regardless. So dropping whatever weight is in the back of the plane would probably ease the landing process. But <laughs> what, what drops out of the plane is a perfect picnic with everything cooked and out and plated and a tent and a fire, everything you could possibly want. The dream scenario of this situation falls out of the sky and perfectly plants itself right around Spongebob and Patrick, who instantly know that the magic conch shell came through and gave them the, the best case scenario of this situation. Uh, Squidward is is floored by this, but is so drawn to the food that goes o he goes over to their camp and um, is, is too engrossed of, of the kinds of food that are available on the table before realizing how easy of a question it would be to ask spongebob like he, he his obsession with the kinds of food it once again gets in the way of his success he asks spongebob if he can partake in the food you know hey i was kidding about all that mocking what you know I, i'm still a part of the club right spongebob as nice as he is says that once a club member always a club member and that squidward is able to enjoy this food with them squidward should just eat at this point but of course he's squidward he then has to audibly ask uh, over a few different options on the table, which then brings up SpongeBob and Patrick uh, of their magic conch shell that you should ask the conch shell on which food item you should eat first. Squidward mocks the conch shell again completely. Like, you know what, Squidward, at this point, even if you're full of it, you should just accept the magic conch shell. Like, he didn't have to say the uh, the insult he said and uh, which which SpongeBob Patrick immediately took all the food away right right when Squidward uh, dissed the magic conch shell like this is a gift 
from the magic conch shell and you can't talk like that and, and accept this gift. Um, Squidward, like, still not getting it, goes through a, a barrage of, of outbursts with the magic conch shell. This is the moment where it really feels like, all right, there's definitely that shell is sentient. Like something is in it. Like, like even a plankton could have definitely fit in that shell. Not that it was plankton, but uh, like somebody the size of plankton, definitely just chilling out in that shell. It's, there's so many creatures that live in shells. Um, th this shell gives the, the right amount of sass to Squidward and sends him off into a tizzy. Uh, he is about to explode, but right before he can, somebody cutting through the forest, a, uh, a fish who looks, kind of like Ranger Smith from the Yogi Bear cartoons. So at least dressed like him. So this uh this ranger fish, this forest ranger cuts through the the heavy kelp with a machete and he's he's discovering the the feral-looking SpongeBob Patrick and Squidward. We get this like one single shot of them that they this is where SpongeBob and Patrick are showing that they've been out in the woods for a couple days. Um this forest ranger is is here to save him. Squidward is is overthrown with joy until he finds out that the forest ranger was told to come save these guys using his magic conch shell. In which uh, one one part about SpongeBob's club I forgot to mention was that the victory screech from the algae's always greener uh, makes a second appearance here, kind of like the the calling card of the club. Like if you're a club member. You're you're shouting the victory screech. So the this forest ranger goes from like really serious to to like the right level of goofy, especially his face when he pulls out the magic conch shell. Um, Squidward at this point, that's that's the breaking point for him. Uh, he sees this and is just the face that they have for him is absolutely perfect. The the ranger now he has successfully found SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward asks his magic con shell uh, what, what they should do next, which is nothing. And SpongeBob, Patrick, and the forest ranger oblige to sitting down and doing nothing, which, to be fair, has, has clearly worked in the past, so why shouldn't it now? But at this point, Squidward crawls over and finally proclaims in the most desperate way possible, all hail the magic conch. And the episode ends. We don't see our uh, our guys saved. Uh, obviously, they were. There would not be any more episodes after this. But uh, it's it's really funny that it took so much um, breaking of Squidward down to his absolute lowest level to finally get him to um, proclaim his his love for the magic conch shell. What's really funny about this episode is we also get a fourth wall break of Squidward proclaiming, why must every 11 minutes of my life be filled with misery, which is a reference to the fact that SpongeBob's episode length is around 11 minutes long, which is actually extremely funny. Like even even when that joke first landed, that was a easy to get gag. And I always enjoyed that. This was also um, the first episode of SpongeBob SquarePants to premiere during their short-lived Friday night Nicktoons block, which I, I absolutely really enjoyed. I, I loved uh, Friday night Nicktoons. Uh, they had a really nice intro with all of the the cartoons kind of being filmed in the same kind of staging area. I, I always liked that concept, which they, they ran with again for Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast over in Universal Studios, the idea that the Nicktoons were 
all being made in different studio settings, which I, I liked that. I dug it. It reminded me a lot. Uh, well, it was obviously Nickelodeon's play at uh, Cartoon Network's Cartoon Cartoon Fridays, which, my goodness, my absolute favorite time of Cartoon Network. Uh, if you never looked up their, uh, the Cartoon Cartoon Fridays, I highly recommend looking up some of that footage on YouTube. Uh, it was it was a, a show hosted every Friday night by the various Cartoon Cartoons in, in segments where they were premiering new episodes of the various Cartoon Network original cartoons like Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, uh, labeled as Cartoon Cartoons. It was a very cute moniker, and I absolutely adore it. Uh, it's my favorite time of Cartoon Network right now above the uh, the CN City era, which came very close after. Uh, but yeah, Friday Night Nicktoons was, uh, hey, at least a great intro. Um, I, I wish they would have kept going with this concept just on a different night, making a different night, Nicktoons night, to get away from Fridays. But um, hey, for its time, I was always at my father's house on Friday evenings watching Friday Night Nicktoons alongside Cartoon Cartoon Fridays was a wonderful time for me. All that new animation, all those classics, uh, uh, absolutely, uh, it's it's an adored time for me. Uh, but that was Club SpongeBob, and this has been an absolutely wonderful episode to uh, to get through. My voice probably progressively sounding worse as things go on, but I wasn't letting another day go by without uh, getting getting this episode out because then it just sets everything off, and we don't want any of that. We don't want any bad things happening to the ship. We just want this ship moving forward. Uh, so I appreciate you making me a part of your week as you are a part of mine. Please stay safe out there. Be courteous and awesome to one another. And this is Captain Eric signing off on this episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. If you would like to follow me on any forms of social media, you can find me on Instagram at SpongeBob Podcast. Find me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast. And you can also find the show on YouTube under the Captain Eric YouTube channel. Please think about subscribing. Any way that you can help me or my content uh, in any way, shape, or form is always appreciated by me. Thank you very much. You guys have a safe week, and we'll see you here next time. Magic conch shell? You mean like this? The, the Magic, magic Conch! conch. A, a club, club magic! magic.